0: She's sweet but a psycho, a little bit no, because by the time it times in, it's not gonna yeah. start right. There's nobody in here yet. No. Look at that. Perfect timing. You see? Before someone comes in. Can't start before. Let her lead you up. You be saying no, no, then saying yes, 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 because she messes with your head. Oh, she's sweet, but a sardiacal, a little bit sardiacal. And she's screaming. What is up, everybody?
1: She's sweet, but a psycho.
0: You like this song, prop?
1: This is so pop, man.
0: <laughs> when Nick got here, we were having some computer difficulties with getting the stream set up. Tell them
1: why. Tell them why.
0: Well, the, the audio input was set
1: to the capture card over the
0: microphone. But
1: tell them why. Because uh, you're up all hours of the night streaming your Twitch. Yeah. Playing.
0: Yeah, on Twitch. At JRip18, two-piece.
1: Playing Tetris and <laughs> Crash Bandicoot.
0: <laughs> no, not playing Tetris or Crash Bandicoot. Um, But yeah, so. That's like, why we're late. So that's what happened. But I was playing a bunch of house music. And uh, I was kind of like leading him on that I was going to start with that just to see if he'd get upset, like some bad house music songs. But I, I wanted to play that the whole time, because that song's been stuck in my head all day.
1: No, because I try not to make fun of you for your house music selection. But...
0: <laughs> you were yeah. not happy with that one song that I played, though.
1: Listen, that's one song, that psych Psycho song, that's one song that gets stuck in my head. Yeah, that, that's a poppy song. I see every single day I wake up and there's a different song stuck in my head and I don't know how it got there. And it's not even like different genres of music that I like. Sure. It's something that I w- scrolled through on like Q one oh two or something like that that I I passed through. That Ellie Golding song.
0: Yeah, it's um it's been
1: stuck in my head. Which one? All her songs get stuck in my head. No, it's the, all her it's songs the new get stuck one. in my head. It's the newest one. I don't even know I don't even know the words to it, but it gets um, stuck in my head. I woke woke up with it in my head this morning.
0: I'd have to I'd have to check it out. I'm not sure exactly which one it is. <laughs> Thanks, Ross. See, Ross knows the deal with Twitch. See, that's the problem, Prof. You're just a hater. Ross knows the deal with Twitch. We're streaming, man. We're streaming. There you go. George, George. George's daughter likes the song. That's how we're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So it's been a while since we've gotten in front of all of you. It's uh, been a crazy couple weeks for Nick and myself. Obviously, Nick's got the little one. I got a bunch of stuff going on. We're busy at work, but we wanted to get back in front of you. A couple things before we get started, real quick. Nick's got to run. We're going get to get right into sports content, but I did want to just put out there again The black FTH hats are in. People are going wild for the black FTH hats. So um, if you want one, hit me up. They're already half gone. uh, And I did get some more white in stock of the originals. So I have all sizes in stock of both the OGs and the blacks. So if you want an FTH hat, hit me up, hit Nick up, get you hooked up.
1: Or come down to the softball field tomorrow night. Jack will be there.
0: That's true. That's true. Playing in the dark, and and I'm playing this Jabrones team. Uh, unfortunately, we can't see right now, and I can't really can't see with the lights out, so um, it's kind of a problem. I don't know if we're gonna have those fixed by tomorrow night, but I will have the hats on me if uh, that's something that you're interested in. Uh, what's up, Murph from Arkansas? Ah, uh, yeah. Well, Bone, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Bone played in that tournament with you, and I saw him at well, Tap House, and he well, he almost he drank did. all water. He drank all water.
1: That's that's the biggest lie I've ever heard. I called we we're so this is what happened so game Bone was gonna fill in for a tournament and so obviously I call him the night before I'm like yo do you want to play he's like yeah absolutely man I'm, I'm definitely in so okay well we start at 9 o'clock be there you know before 9 get warmed up whatever sure. got there I said don't go out tonight don't go get messed up and he's like I'm gonna dude, I'm going to the tap house with Earl I'm going with uh, I'm gonna meet you know Jack's over there or whatever and he sends me a picture of the water that he's drinking. He was. He was ordering water so at the So get to the field at 8.30. He was drinking water at the Bone's moment. not there yet. Getting closer to game time. It's 5 of 9. Bone's not there yet. Uh, and then it's it's 10 minutes after 9. I'm calling in. I'm texting him, and he's not He's not there. So obviously he went out, and you guys did well, a little bit more than water. I left.
0: I left, so I, I can't attest for him after. He said his first seven drinks, so like I can't attest for him after that um what's water right here jace that's a water right here bud that's how we say it up here you know do they make fun of me constantly yeah for uh, for the water so let's jump right into the sports content first thing i wanted to talk about before we get into the big lead uh, of what happened yesterday was obviously we had virginia beat texas tech in the ncaa championship game so what'd you think of the championship game nick what do you think of virginia winning and give me just your whole tournament like what'd you think of this year's tournament In retrospect, because we haven't had a chance to pod since the tournament started, I
1: thought the tournament was pretty good. To be honest with you, I mean, I hear everybody kind of like they everybody was complaining because there there weren't as many upsets. Based on the seeding alone, it was a very,
0: it was a super chalky year, right? One of the most chalky years I can
1: remember in the last ten. I I hate that term, by the way. Chalky, I hate chalky. But (laughs) you know, going by the seeding, yes, it was. But there were close games, and there were there were like buzzer beater games. So I kind of enjoyed the tournament, to be honest with you. I know people weren't happy with the result of who got there at the end. And and to be honest, at the end, it wasn't as chalky as we thought it was going to be. No,
0: because nobody had... I mean, how many people had Texas Tech making the final, let's be honest?
1: Right. And, right. you know, Michigan State was a favorite. Obviously, Virginia was a favorite. But Texas Tech um, and Auburn, uh, Auburn... No, nobody
0: had Auburn getting there. No, yeah. I agree. So and it,
1: what matters in to the, in me... The end, in the end, I think that, you know, it was very entertaining. And in the end, it didn't turn out to be a chalk tournament. It wasn't as predictable as everybody thought.
0: Uh, I totally agree. I mean, I think... The thing that I that you like is typically you'd like to see a couple more upsets in the early rounds, right, because they're exciting. But I, I don't want the, the a 12 seed making it to the Elite Eight because I want to see the one versus the two. I want to see the two versus the three, right? I want to see the best teams get to play each other. Right. And so I, I kind of really enjoyed this setup this year. The thing about Virginia to me, which I found interesting, was going from last year being the first ever number one seed to lose to a 16, and then they come back this year, bounce back, and win it all. And, you know, it's sort of a product of the guys they had getting older um, but also to me, that's a product of a good coach. And I was sort of critical of them getting the one line this year, although I did have them making the championship in my bracket. So I did think, cause I watched them play this year and I thought they were really, really good. So I did have them there, but good turnaround for them, you know, good on you that they were able to come back from that. I, I, I never thought I would see a 16 beat a one. Did you?
1: You know, we were like moving that way for years with the twos getting up to the twos upset over 15s. Yeah, yeah. 15s we were, we were kind of heading that way for years. For I just years. never thought I would And say I it. think the you know, leading up to that, those the 15s beating the twos, that kind of shows you how, like, the seating and the seating committee is not always as accurate as people thought they were. So, I mean, I think it was heading that way. I didn't think Virginia was going to get beat by uh University of Maryland, Baltimore. The
0: Golden Retrievers
1: baby, so I didn't think that was going to happen. but I did want to ask you about that a little bit. like how much did this year do you think pl- play into Virginia kind of being on their toes and, and kind of, yeah, taking it to the next level? It's and- a good
0: point. I think that they were so well, actually, I'll give you two sides of that. So I think that they had an edge to them for sure, right, because of what happened to them last year and the fact that almost every player was still on the team last year that it happened to except. The first half of the first game, they came out flat, and I think they were losing a half, if I'm not mistaken, to the 16 this year again. And I didn't think they were going to lose because this team was much better than I last year. I forget year's who
1: team. that even even was. It was like a, a strangely yeah. Team. I
0: no I, I can't remember, but they ended up blowing them out, obviously,
1: and winning the game. It's like Gar- Gard Gardner webb or something like that. Something like maybe? that.
0: But the thing with Virginia is that all of their games end up being so tight,
1: right? Because of the way they play. They should have lost three of those games. They should have
0: lost three of those games, but they come out on top. You know, Duke was sort of the same way, too. They should have lost two of those games, and they sort of got lucky late, but then their luck didn't hold up eventually. So, I don't know. I I really enjoyed the tournament this year. I thought the games were really exciting. I kind of like a chalkier tournament. I I hate the word chalky. I do like a chalkier tournament because I like to see the better teams play. Um so, well, how
1: about this final, though? So this final, and, and I know Texas Tech, and I think and Virginia has a couple prospects as well. But they're not the prospects that we've been talking about all year. No. And he, you know what? So I actually think this, was, right. this was good for college basketball because it, What's it's, up, the, Bobby? it's the way that we were talking about college basketball at the beginning of the year. How it's, you know, when we're talking about the one and done, and, and I know we've gone over it at nauseam but I really feel like this was a college basketball championship yeah, game. And this is point. what it what it should be moving forward in the future when we get rid of the one-and-done, which is coming very soon.
0: Well, and the, the funny thing about the one-and-dones, right, if you look at your teams this year, Duke, your Kentuckys, your one-and-done monsters, they didn't make it all the way, and typically they don't, right? I mean, very few of these one-and-done teams win at all. I mean, Kentucky's done it uh, – Duke did it with, um, like, I think Okafor and those guys did it, right? Like, uh, two years ago or three years ago, Duke did it. Uh, And Kentucky's done it once or twice. But when you look at, like, a lot of the one and done's that have come through all the way back when they first put it in, and we talk about Russ Westbrook and Kevin Love being on UCLA together, all the way up until now, these teams typically don't perform that well in the tournament. And it's an
1: attest to
0: college basketball and those teams have been playing together for three, four years. Right. And exactly what you're talking about, more the spirit of college basketball than the one and done. So I agree with you actually.
1: Yeah. And when you talk about those Duke teams from the past, like, you know, you do have the one and done guys, the guys that you know are coming in and they're going to be out the door. They always kind of mixed in the seniors. Yeah. And, the, the, and, well they've had of a sing, they've
0: had a single brother for the last like 12 years right played sure. four years there, so they and, just kind of went like 12 years a single brother And this
1: is and, and again this has been talked about a lot it's well documented that there was no shooting on this Duke team no. which is very very rare for Yeah them. yeah so lead, going into the tournament obviously they were the favorite coming in I don't know who was the was the second
0: well, Duke the, was the, the Duke eyes. was the Duke. Yeah. Well, probably so North Carolina. Yeah, North. Well, you're you're the really your your six that everybody was looking at as your best six teams were Duke, Virginia, Gonzaga, um, North Carolina, Michigan State, and who's the one I'm missing?
1: Probably Michigan.
0: And Michigan, yeah, those were your six that everybody was like, those are your six that will probably win. Right. So, yeah. I mean, no,
1: I I actually enjoyed the game because I do enjoy like kind of a good defensive game. Those were the two best defensive teams in the tournament by far. Texas Tech really just played out of their minds, and I honestly thought that they were going to win. You know, I was I was talking to a couple people, and I I told them I really think that they're going to win just because the hot team usually takes it down. Typically,
0: yeah, and, and they, I
1: didn't necessarily see Virginia as a hot team. I saw them kind of. They were kind
0: of hanging on for dear life. I know, and you know what's funny about that part. The game started so slow, right? Like th- it just came out slow, yeah. and I was like, "This is going to play in the Texas Tech's pace because they're even more of a they were a better defensive team than Virginia, and more of a mocker." And Virginia can have trouble scoring, but with the overtime, Virginia ends up scoring the most teams uh, points that a team did on
1: Texas Tech all year. So right. now, what do you think of the missed calls? Obviously, this played a huge part throughout the tournament. Was the replay. The replay's over and over and over again. Yeah. And the one in particular, especially at the end of the game there, was kind of the fingertip play. And that's the controversial one for me. Because any time a defender swats that ball out of your hand, physics, the physics make it so that Typically, it's probably yeah. always – you're probably always going to be the last one to touch that ball if you're the offensive player.
0: Pretty much. But in the past – that's always traditionally been, like, a, a, the offense keeps it, right? Because
1: it yeah. knocks it out of your hand. Yeah, absolutely. Even though technically... That's, and that's the argument. That, right. That's that's the big argument.
0: Here. Right. You technically maybe were, were half grabbing onto the ball, right? Like, as it was falling out of your hand. But it it should stay with the offense there. Like, that's typically the way that it goes. I agree. I, I Dude, I, I sort of... We're just in this new era of everything's got to be replayed because everybody's watching it on national TV. It's such a big stage. And so everything gets so scrutinized that I almost half don't know what to do sometimes with the replays, right? I'm just like, if, I, if I'm watching a play and I think it got called right or didn't get called right, that's just what I go with. And then whatever they end up calling on the court, you're like, well, I don't know. Are we interpreting the rules wrong? Like, what, what's the deal? It's, it's, see, it's strange. Now,
1: the weird thing is we do review everything, but we don't review everything. That's right. right. Well, Actually, every, we're going to talk
0: about that at the end of the show. It feels too. like
1: every play gets reviewed, uh, but you know, that double dribble, we can't review it. Right. So, right. Well, that,
0: that's the problem with the way the review is right now. Because There's going to be a major evolution. There's right. There's things that we all see that happen that they miss, but then we're reviewing every single call that they make. I would rather just let them make half of the calls, but review some of the other stuff that they're missing. But we're digressing. Yeah. So, speaking of basketball, big happenings yesterday, huge happenings, something that Nick and I actually have talked about a lot in the past on the show. Magic Johnson resigns from the Lakers as the president of basketball operations, and he did it via an interview with Rachel Nichols on TV. So let's just pause right there if you haven't heard that story yet. And I'm going to turn to the prof, and I'm going to go. Give me your initial thoughts on Magic stepping down.
1: So I woke up to this news because I didn't watch it last night. And was it an interview with Rachel Nichols? Because yes. I thought he called, he just called a press conference. Well, okay, he so yeah, this.
0: he did a press conference, but then he announced it, and then afterwards he sat like he sat down with Rachel Nichols in okay. an interview and explained the whole thing. Yeah. So
1: I haven't seen the interview with Rachel Nichols. Nichols, but this is bizarre because a couple of things. The first thing is. I don't buy anything that he said. Do you buy what he said in that, you know, I'm, this isn't fun anymore? I want to go back to having fun. I do buy it, actually. I, do you? Yes, and I'll I'll tell you why. Well, go ahead. Okay. Because I don't buy it. I, I 100% buy it
0: because, to me, I said this. The reason that I had such a problem with Magic being in this position and so did the NBA is the same reason it ended up that this position didn't work out for Magic because when Ben Simmons calls in and says, hey, Magic – I'd like to come out to L.A. and work out with you, you know, and, and get the tour around town. Now he has to ask permission, and the NBA has to scrutinize it. When all these other players want to reach out to Magic, and he wants to be Magic, he wants to light up the room, he wants to shake hands with everybody, he wants to talk to everybody, he can't do it because he's the president of a freaking basketball team, and it's collusion because these guys are under contract with other teams. And what Magic loves about being Magic is that he gets to talk to everybody. Everybody looks up to him. Everybody texts him. Everybody tweets him, and he can be involved. You can't do that in his position. And we talked about that six months ago. And he's tired of being scrutinized by the league. The league has been on him about this since all those incidents and since the incident with, um, with AD because, the, like, these guys want to talk to Magic, but they don't want to talk to Magic as the president of a team, right? They just want to talk to Magic, the former player who they
1: idolize. Right. So part of what you say plays into why I don't buy. And part of it is because now he has the freedom to do that and let's not act like all ties are going to be cut away from the Lakers. He, he can still do all those things now that you mentioned and kind of still act as an ambassador for the Lakers. Yes,
0: yes, but he's going to do that anyway. See, that's the thing. He was doing that as the ambassador to the Lakers before he got put as the special president of basketball operations. Let's be honest. He didn't have a damn thing to do with LeBron going there. LeBron was going there because that was part of LeBron's plan no matter what. Like, that was his deal. And so, the other deals, he screwed up. What's up, Knox? The other deals, he kind of screwed up in that the deals that have been made so far, they've come out on the losing end of, and him and Polenka have been butting heads. So, I, I actually believe him that this hasn't been fun. This has been a terrible year for the Lakers. Now, you're stuck with LeBron and a bunch of disgruntled young players who we really aren't sure who's good, who's not. And... If they don't land a big-name free agency, the entire Lakers empire was going to come crashing down on Magic next season. And I think he's just like, screw it. I'm used to being Magic. When he got involved with the Dodgers, what was he doing? Walking into the rooms, shaking hands, saying I'm involved, being involved enough at the surface level, but not actually diving into real deals, cap, moves, all that stuff. He just wants to be the ambassador. He wants to be the guy who can do the back office handshakes and stuff, but not actually have to report for it.
1: So that's what you're saying that he's doing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So and I th- always has been, I thought you just said, okay, I just want to go live my life and, no. just, and be magic. No. So he's definitely going to, and that, that was kind of what I was, what I was talking about. It's good. This is going to be one of two things that happened. I think that that's the agreement they have set up. Okay. You come and do your thing kind of, kind of not you don't work for the Lakers anymore but right? you're but he's he's Mr. Laker right sure that's Johnson so that's gonna happen or the second thing happened which is they wanted to cut him loose and they wanted wanted him to be able to save face in front of people it could be
0: and I don't I don't really buy the whole like, I
1: lean way more toward the first one yeah
0: I don't I don't really buy the whole like well I didn't talk to Jeannie boss about it and and we would cry and like that whole explanation he gave to Rachel, Rachel Nichols i like whatever, dude, like we all know why you left because you don't want to be reported for your actions. You don't want to have to report to the league every time a player texts you because, dude, his phone just blows up nonstop with players all over the league, and he's tired of it. He wants to be the man. He wants to be magic, and he can't be magic in an official position with a team.
1: So the NBA can't police his text messages now with Ben Simmons. He actually mentioned Ben Simmons in his press conference last night. That's
0: right, because that, that really bothered him at a personal level and on a business level because Ben's a a budding superstar and Magic wants him in his umbrella of influence, not just to point him to the right team, but for his businesses, for his commercials, right, for everything he does because he's Magic, and Ben obviously looks up to Magic. But in that position with the Lakers, he's not allowed to do that. So you don't think
1: that the the entire fallout of that rumored trade and the Anthony Davis issue, you don't think that had anything to do with I it? I
0: think it did. I think that the fallout from that, I think that Magic doesn't like to lose, right? And he lost there. He got—he—he he lost the, everything in that deal. He lost face. The Pelicans made him look foolish by, by offering all the players and never intending on taking it or what, what it came out afterwards saying they were never going to take any deal that the Lakers had to offer. Made Magic look foolish. And again, it comes back to that whole scenario that we were just talking about then he's just sitting there, and by league rules, he can't reach out to AD, he can't talk to any of the other players about the deal, you know, and now he's got a bunch of young guys on a team that he can't go down and be Magic as right? and try and smooth them over and, and be Magic. He's the president of the team who just tried to trade you. So it puts him in an awkward situation where he's not used to being. He wants to be loved, man. He wants to walk into a room and have every single person in there smile and go, oh, my God, it's Magic Johnson. And right now, in his role, with the team failing, and with him failing a trade and with the NBA on his ass, he can't do any of that.
1: So let me ask you this, where does Luke Walton fall into all this? Because his name has been thrown around and there's different, um, I guess, hypotheses on what role he played was magic asked to fire him and didn't want to fire, him? you know, what are your, opinions well, on well,
0: I think that's another thing. I think magic doesn't want to, have to deal with. I think that, Genie Bus isn't sure if Luke Walton is the guy. Magic likes Luke Walton as a coach. I don't think LeBron does. And so he's stuck between Jeannie Bus, LeBron, and Luke, who he has a relationship with. So it's just another decision he didn't want to have to make. I, I think that Luke Walton is done as the Lakers head coach, right? We both know that because LeBron doesn't want him as the coach. This so is, he's this out. This is
1: going to be Cleveland 2.0.
0: Exactly. So he's out. And so that's another thing I just don't think Magic wanted to have to do. He pretty much said it. Like, he didn't want to have to fire Luke Walton because he doesn't think he should be. So who comes in? And now that, if you read deeper into that, if he didn't want to fire Luke and a conflict came up, who would he really have a conflict with? lebron it would be magic versus lebron there in a power struggle because he would be the one genie bus is going to say whatever lebron wants and then if lebron sure. wants him out man now you got magic button heads with lebron and he doesn't want to do that he no doesn't do I, that.
1: I think lebron's going to bring in all his guys i wouldn't be surprised to see ty tyloo <laughs> resurface he's gonna he's gonna be the lakers head coach i've already heard rumors yeah, it's about it's
0: gonna it. be ty 100 um, percent, and their gm's gonna come back the the GM from there. Um, what the hell's his name? Griffin, Griffin. uh yeah, yep, Griffith, Griffin, uh, David Griffin. Yep, he'll be back. He'll be their GM. Palenka's gonna be out. Walton's gonna be out, and they're gonna they're gonna give LeBron the keys to the castle for two years. Huh, I, I'm down you. So, what do they do with this core
1: group of guys?
0: I have no idea. I their their only chance here in the offseason season is to get one of these big name free agents in there. If they can't,
1: it's who's it gonna be? It's not gonna be Kawhi
0: probably not they're going to go after Kawhi they're going to go after AD again
1: well I did you think see his
0: shirt from last night like he's clearly out I in did and
1: I think that's a joke man I was really kind of upset by that because I want to like him so much as a guy because I really feel like he's he's top five player in the league there's no doubt if not, if not I don't want to say top three but he's a top five player in the league mm-hmm. I mean for him to wear that shirt and then to come out after it and say, "Oh, somebody lays my clothes out for me. I yeah. don't even look at it. That's ridiculous." That's like today.
0: Kevin Durant. Is it was such accounts. a rubber in he... your
1: nose face. It's something where you've already won. Like you know you're getting out. Yeah. You, you've done this to a city all year. It's just there's no need to poke in the bear. To Turn the knife, man. I know. Like just just get, move on, okay? We we know you're he, and that's probably you're probably right. He's probably going to go in there. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, he's probably going to go into L. A. But. At the same time, these these other guys are still gonna be there. Oh right? yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, they—that's the thing. I don't know. They're a mess, dude. Like they, they, they're they're hands down Knox <laughs> sports buddy. They're they're a mess. They're they're hundred percent a mess across the board. They can't win as constituted. We we actually it's funny. Uh, the last podcast we had, we were talking about their roster. And we were, you, were, you brought up Michael Beasley, and I'm like, yeah, he's already out of league, dude. Every one of those aging free agents they signed that they thought would help fizzled out and was a disaster. Like they're just in really bad shape.
1: They're in really bad shape. Well, I've had a lot of tro- trouble watching West Coast games recently. Yeah,
0: I, I imagine that the sleep patterns are a little uh, a little messed up.
1: 5 a.m. wake-ups.
0: <laughs> All right, so one more NBA question that I had. This one's going to strike closer to home for us. I brought this up to the prof. I saw a list that was put out that, that has the top 25 NBA players under the age of 25 and not even caring about you know eight down. The most important number, names are at the top, right? So... I think unanimously we would agree that the freak is at the top. He's number one. But then when I got down to number two, I saw Nikolai Jokic's name from the Denver Nuggets, and then three was Joel Embiid, and I was taken aback right away. And I'm thinking, I know Jokic is having a good year, but is he really better than Joe? So I went to the numbers, and here's the numbers, and then we'll talk about it. So this year Jokic averaging 19.9, so basically 20 points a game and 10.8 rebounds. So we'll give him 20 and 11. assists, so we can't give him 8. So he's 20, 11, and 7. His 3-point percentage is down a good amount this year from his previous 3 years. Uh, He's shooting 31.2% from 3. This is his 4th season, and he's 7 feet tall. Joel Embiid, 27.5 points, 13.5 rebounds, 3.7 assists, so we'll give him 4. So 27.5, 13.5, 3.5, and he's also averaging 2 blocks a game. Jokic is under a block a game, so that's something to keep in mind on the defensive side. Uh, Joe, we know he likes to shoot the three. Uh, he's at thirty percent, so slightly below league average. Joe Jokic is right there, thirty-two uh, percent is league average, but for his career, Joe shoots thirty-two so percent. For his career, he shoots right at league average. So can you? I mean, we
1: agree that Joe is better than Jokic, right? Like
0: Joel Embiid is better than Joe. Yeah, and
1: so would everybody else in the in the national media and whoever else you talk to. And let's be clear here: I'm going to do my Stephen A. Smith. Let's be very clear. <laughs> this this list came from Hoops Height. Hoops Height, that's right. So I have never read Hoops Height before. Maybe they're huge. Maybe I've just never read them before. They're the only list that I could find with Jokic number two and Embiid number three. And the only reason that I could come up with in my brain is that Jokic is a year younger than Embiid. Embiid's had some load management issues. Um... I don't know if Jokic has, but I don't think he has this year. He's uh, Jokic. You know, I could see players wanting to play with him a little bit more, and that's because of those assist numbers. Yes, Uh, he sees the court very well. He's probably the best big man passer that's been out there since Timmy D, probably. Yeah. Um, So those are a couple arguments that I could come up with. Yep. Uh, The 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 one year age difference being the first one sure so that's the only only thing i think of but i honestly don't think that you're going to find an analyst out there that looks at them one for one and says i'd rather have jokic i just don't from an athletic standpoint i just don't see that i saw a lot
0: of that on espn when i they were talking about this article and there was a lot of analysts who sided with jokic only because of denver's success this year right Versus the sixers um i need names I'd have to go back and look at the names. It was the whole, like, um, what's that? What's Greenberg's show now? Uh, what up? Get up. Get up. Yeah, get what what up. What up? What up, Miss Uh Yeah, it won't get up. So, like, a couple of those guys were siding with Jokic over Joel. I just thought it was interesting. I mean, the numbers are comparable. Obviously, Joel's a better scorer, and Jokic is a better passer. He runs the offense better, right? Those are your big differences between the two. But to me... Joe is close to an MVP, and I don't see Jokic being that 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 much of an impact uh, player. I right? mean,
1: he's he's up there in MVP. Though. Do you I mean, think? Absolutely. I mean, he's top four or five. Who's yeah, your? Absolutely. All
0: right. Since we're talking about it, who's your MVP
1: this year? You have to do it. Obviously, this is like the debate. This is this is what people have been talking about. This is kind of like the LeBron versus MJ at this yes. point. It's kind of old and tired. I mean, honestly, for what Harden's done this year, I I probably have to give it back to him, but. I know I'm wrong. Yeah, I know I'm wrong. Yeah,
0: you you are, and I I actually I disagree with you, but I don't I don't disagree with your point. I just disagree with your pick. It's got to be the freak, right? It's got to be the freak because the Bucks are the one in the East, and he's
1: it, yeah. But think about how Harden has drugged that team along. Uh, think about his, how yeah 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 yeah. Think about how he's drugged that his, team from from when they started, from when we first started at the beginning of the season, and, and we're looking at the Rockets and we're like. This is not the team that was that was there no, last dude, year. I mean,
0: and then he drug him up to and the he's three scoring. Season. What dude. What's he scoring right now? Averaging like 37 a game. It's 36 a game. It's ridiculous. I mean, I'm not trying to take away from James Harden, but you know how I feel about repeat MVPs and the voters, right? They get that fatigue and so they end up not giving to a guy. Oh, he's not going to get it. He's not going to get it. I think it's the freak because of the one, but you're right. He's drug Houston. Um but I think
1: it's going to be Giannis, right? Like, it's going to, that's where it's going to fall. I mean, I'm almost positive it's going to be Giannis, but, you know, I, I just disagree with it. I really do.
0: Okay. I think I could be talked into it. Here Here's Will saying, and B gets fouled the second most per game. Yes. And B, all right. So, Will, what I would say about Joel and his offensive style is if I look around the league and I tried to put together a list, maybe Nick and I will do this for the next podcast. Put together your top five unguardable guys in the league. Right. Joel's number 1. He's unguardable. Mm.
1: He's uh, he's He's probably not number 1.
0: Who who do you think is number 1?
1: I mean, the Freak's pretty tough to guard. No,
0: you let the Freak shoot. He's
1: he's very a tough, okay, tough to guard. I, I didn't mean to say no. Yes, you're
0: right. <laughs> All of these guys can be guarded in a way, but Joel is a tougher cover than the Freak because the Freak shoots the 3 at 20%. How about Steph? Where's Steph falling? Where's Kevin Durant falling? Steph and KD are both definitely in the top ten. I I think
1: KD's in the top five because he's seven foot and can shoot from anywhere. He's one of the best shooters of all time. Yeah, and he's seven feet tall. Mm-hmm.
0: But I still think Joe's a tougher cover because uh, KD can't really go down low, and Joe's a monster.
1: He moves a little quicker than than Joel does. He does,
0: but Joe is so much bigger and stronger than him. But you're right, actually. All right, here here's a going for you. Who's a tougher cover, KD or the Freak?
1: Uh, I think the freak is just because of his athleticism he takes two steps from the foul line a, or from the, and he's from at the, the bucket yeah half court yeah and he's already you're in the right bucket. and
0: he's at the bucket but he can't shoot he, he really can't
1: shoot He doesn't need to he does
0: know you're right but but then again there's an argument about a guy in this city who can't really
1: shoot but people say he needs to so yeah I mean it's it's a different <laughs> honestly it's a different type of dominance and like from a power perspective, Giannis that's that's all Giannis I mean when you compare him to to Simmons Simmons is a power player but I just think it's like
0: well yeah I mean and Giannis's game I mean he yeah Giannis is just a freak so that's an interesting conversation actually maybe maybe we'll do we'll do a full segment on that well we kind of just did I like it though well all right so moving away from basketball some news middle of last week Nick and I didn't get to talk about but I really wanted to The AAF suspends all operations and essentially just shuts down midseason. Not essentially, they're done. I checked their website today. There's a statement up. I thought about reading it out on the air, but I didn't even want to give it the play, the airtime play, so I'm not even going to read it. Basically, they just closed doors. I heard an interview today. The former tight end was on with the Cuz, and I wish I would have remembered the guy's name, but he was talking about the league, and when he came in, when they did the inception to the league, and they were talking about, will this league be stable? And, you know, Ebersaw just Charlie Ebersole just assured them that they had the finances, and they had the backing, and that everything would be fine, and they were stable, and then all of a sudden, boom. They actually told them that they had three years of financing. Three years. Guaranteed, yeah. three years of financing. Then all of a sudden, boom. Who door, was
1: that? Doors are shut. Charlie Ebersole. No, I know, but who, who, oh, who did was Oh, you I, I talking about?
0: Out? It was a uh, former tight end in the league. Anthony Beck? That's correct. He's a Delco guy. I did I, think, I
1: was right? a, yeah, I heard that today. Yeah.
0: And it was a good interview. He's a smart guy. And well, he, um, was a, he was a coach. Yes. He coached the league. Right. And right? he he was a yeah, he was a coach in that league. Yeah. And then they were asking, well, are you going to coach NFL? And he like, Well, it's kinda nice to only coach four months <laughs> instead of twelve months. Sure. Right? So, but he was talking about all that stuff. And uh, and I was I had read about it a couple like I had it already marked up for us to talk about. So I'd read about the ins and outs. And the thing that's really bothersome for everybody right now. Is neither Ebersaw nor Bill Polian have made a statement, and here's the real dig at this one for me. Before when this league was starting, everybody said Bill Polian
1: was bringing football credibility to this league, right? Like, well, that was my only—that was my only reasoning for being like, okay, let's watch out for this a little bit because, and I mentioned him the because it was kind of a joke to both of us I think yes if we look back at the, yes. at the old pod when we first talked yes. about it I mean, it was kind of a joke but it was like you know what Bill polling's part of this that it might be legitimate
0: I mean how can you not the guy I mean look at his his resume and then when he was on ESPN right for me and I think for you too he gave that league legitimacy right?
1: Yeah, I mean, he was pretty much the only reason uh, because we've seen what these other leagues have done before and right. how quickly they've folded. And you know, we're gonna have we're gonna have to go through this again next year with the XFL. Y- yeah, this
0: XFL two 0.
1: which is gonna be another thing <laughs> that's gonna be everybody's gonna be talking about it for two weeks, and then after that, that shine wears off. This is, this same thing is gonna happen. Again.
0: I agree with you. So you know, they haven't spoken either saw or or um Polian have spoken out and they can't obviously because legal reasons right there's probably so much going on right now with between contracts they sign with players tv contracts right so we probably won't ever hear the true story until the 30 for 30 comes out next year right or something like that um with investors pulling money or whatever happened but Nick's right we're going to have to deal with this next year with the XFL and you're right it'll come out they'll put some they'll wrap some nice packaging around it they'll put Johnny Manziel in the opening game and it'll be cool and then it'll fade away, and you know, you're you giving all these guys – it's almost like the replacements. You're giving guys who f- didn't make the league or fell out of the league a second chance only to play one or two games. I don't know. It's, it's weird. I said this before, and I have to change the way I said it. You've heard me say this before, Prof. I said that Americans will consume football any way you put it in front of them. Draft, uh, college football, uh, you know, seven-on-seven seven drills, like anything NFL – Look at Hard Knocks, right? So successful. They'll consume football any way you put it in front of them, but I, I got to rephrase it. They'll consume vested football, which is high school, college, or NFL. Outside of where your vested interests lie in football, we don't care.
1: No, I, I agree 100%. I mean, that's what we talked about at the beginning of this. So I, you know, I think the XFL is going to do the same thing. I don't know what the actual goal is of these leagues. You're right. The hope, I think, I think, was to become the minor leagues that's of exact, the NFL. Yes. But football is different. You can't do a minor leagues because you're getting beat up. You're getting you're getting hurt. You have guys that are aging very quickly. So I just didn't understand the end game here.
0: Yeah, th- that's exactly what it was, Nick. And they talked about that where. Their hope was that in three years of their three-year runtime, that the NFL would look at them as an entity they would take under their wing as their minor league. And it's just never going to happen. It's just never going to happen. Well, let
1: me ask you a question about this because I'm in the minority here. I really am because I hear it all the time. Radio, uh, TV, it doesn't matter what platform. You're right. NFL is king. They're on all the time. They're they're everywhere. They were talking about drafts stuff today and I understand the draft is two weeks away but I, and I'm just not there yet. I get football fatigue which is the minor minority that I'm in. Do you get football fatigue? I, I'm kind of sick of hearing about the Eagles like third string cornerbacks at this point. Like I'm kind of fully in baseball season. I go with the seasons a little bit.
0: Yeah so I'll tell you that I don't necessarily get football fatigue per se but speaking of the AAF when I hear today that the Eagles signed so-and-so from the AAF, I'm like, who gives a rat's ass? Like, I- I'm like, dude, we're six months away from the start of the season. Can we play baseball? The Sixers are going into the playoffs. Yeah, like, there's a lot more yeah, stuff going I on. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I don't
1: I don't need to hear Ray Dittinger break down the draft. Two like, weeks ahead. How he I'll, grades a fourth-round lineman. Yeah,
0: dude, I'll get enough breakdown of the draft the day before the draft, right? Or during the draft.
1: I don't need it he, two he, weeks ahead. Even give me a week. Yes. But, like, in the middle of, you know, with the Phillies game last night that happened, it was a heartbreaker. Yep. With the Sixers coming into their last game, they're playing the Bulls tonight. Uh, who knows what's going to happen tonight? Who cares what's going to happen tonight? They're probably sitting everybody. Um, You know, why don't we break down those matchups? Why don't we break down the the, the events that happened last night? Why don't we break down looking forward to the the Sixers first round dude, opponent in the Nets who play, play us very tough?
0: Because the short answer is, and it's what we were just saying, dude. The majority of people in this country are just brainwashed by football, dude. They True. just live, eat, breathe, sleep football. Right. Dude, we have Eagles chance at Phillies games. And the Phillies are really good this year, but people just live and die their football. And they're and it's not just the NFL, dude. They're high school football, right? They're college football. Right. It's crazy. It's crazy. So speaking of, real quick, I want to just touch on this. We hadn't talked about it yet, but there's a rule changes that got approved in the NFL and they're directly correlated to the saints non-PI call. I thought it was the Virginia, Texas tech game. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) No. So here we go back to that, that the rule changes as follows. First off, I thought it was pretty funny that 32 NFL teams voted on it and only one team voted against it. Then you know who the team was that voted against it. I don't know. The Bengals. And guess what? What I fucking agree with the Bengals. I agree with the Bengals. This is going to be the only time in my life I'll ever say I agree with the Bengals. I agree with voting against this, and I'll tell you why. So the rules are as follows. There is now – pass interference is now challengeable. That's the first half of the rule. Yep. And Sean –
1: Sean Sean, – Oh, jeez, what's his name? Sean Payton. Sean Payton was campaigning for this. (laughs) Yep, yep. Since, uh, what, January? Yep,
0: yep. And so – Pass interference is now challengeable, but there's a second part of this. All penalties under two minutes are challengeable. All penalties under two minutes are challengeable. You like Honestly, I know you hate when I curse. you got to be fucking kidding me. They're going to give coaches another flag that they can throw. So what's going to happen is a, a, a tackle that happens in the middle of the field with 40 seconds left, coach is going to throw a flag because it's going to give his guys a breather and it's going to stop the clock. And even if He's challenging what? Oh, I'm challenging the face mask,
1: right? Like, this is so stupid. This is so stupid. It takes away a huge aspect of the game. And I actually mentioned this on Facebook while I was watching the NCAA wrestling tournament. (laughs) So a big part of wrestling is being in shape and being able to, you know, push your opponent to the edge and mentally break him and physically break him and they're throwing these challenge bricks. I don't know if you were able to watch it all. I'm a wrestling guy, so I, I know you are. So, I don't know if you watched it, but they're throwing these challenge bricks, the challenge calls, and what happens is you end up getting five, ten minutes in between wrestling. So, you're basically giving guys that are at their at their wit's end, you know, getting pushed to the very edge of what they're capable of, and you're giving them 10 minutes to regroup, and they're a completely different person yep. after that. It completely right? changes the complexity so of the sport. So, it changes the entire outcome. I w- I was I'm, I'm over it. I'm completely over it. I think it's a really slippery slope. You can challenge everything. You, you honestly can challenge everything. That call with, with the, the ball going off the kid's fingertip on Monday night, you could challenge that. Yep. That doesn't work out the way people all no. thought it was going to work out. I mean, he, here's you the, can look at every play. Here's the
0: bottom line. Here's what we said, and this is the problem with introducing replay and challenges, right? Do we actually think that the product that we've been watching has gotten better since we've put all these replays in? I think the short answer is yes. However, the restrictions around replay are where we have gone astray. Look, and for wrestling, I I agree with you, and it takes it to the extreme, except the problem is you'd have to have another official who's just watching the tape, right, to like, what you need for the NFL. This is how this should go. Listen and listen good, NFL, and the Bengals, you got it right. You have a replay official in New York already looking at every freaking call. Let that guy, and then let's say you put together a panel of five referees with the one in New York and five other places. And the reason you do this is because of something I heard about um, then play testing calls and stuff like that. And I'll tell you about it. But you got five guys, five officials. Look, the NFL makes billions of dollars. They can pay these guys that are watching watching games. And when a play gets flagged by an official – The referees on the field, they just—they hold the ball for 30 seconds, and they let everybody in the five look at the play. And if three out of the five think that it needs to be overturned, then they do it. I'll tell you where that five comes from.
1: I don't like the jury on every single play. You have to have
0: it, though, because if you don't, what you're doing is you're leaving one guy in charge, and if it's just one guy watching the plays, right, he may interpret it the way the referees did. Listen, how many times does – Who's the dude, who's the former
1: referee who analyzes on uh, on Fox? I don't know, but Gene Steratore was an NFL referee, and he was doing the basketball games, and I found that very odd. That's
0: up. weird. But uh, the guy that's on Fox, who, uh, like, when they break Mike down the Pereira. call. Pereira,
1: yeah. when He's wrong every time. He's
0: like, wow, guys, I, I think this one's going to go the other way here. I think it's knee was down, although it bounces, and then the ref, they get on the field, they're like, ah, call stands. And i like, dude, you don't know. The reason is because it's up to interpretation. Even the fucking replays up to interpretation, bro. So you need a panel of guys
1: watching this. You don't need a Otherwise, panel. Otherwise, you're just
0: gonna extend these games you, longer and you longer. You don't longer. need a
1: panel of guys, you need to refurbish your hiring process, is what you need to well, do. Well, that if too. If you have an issue with the guy the, the outcome on the field due to the guys that are making those calls and <laughs> making those judgments, then you need to look at your own internal system for hiring these guys. A lot of them are kind of they're kind of older to be honest with you. Well, uh, you know, don't
0: you think? But don't you think that the invent the introduction of replay has changed the way these guys call games? They're afraid to blow whistles in the NFL when the, like when a guy's knee went down because they're they're supposed to let it play and then they'll review it right. Like I feel like it changed the way that they officiated games because normally guys would be saying, "No, he was down. He was down," even if they were wrong because they're supposed to make that call. Now it's right. well. Hold your cushion. whistle because if, if we rule them down, then we can't replay it. So like, they,
1: you know, they've allowed for this cushion so that they can just let things go now. And right. Then, well, they're, they're relying oh, we'll, on replay. Too we'll much. make it we'll make it better if it was wrong. Right. You know, like right. That's not how you do a job. No, oh, I agree. I feel like they're relying on the replay too much. That's just know. not how you. That's not how you do a job. That's not how you run a game. You're there to referee the game to make sure that everything runs smoothly, and it's you judging the game
0: there you go bobby k says we need robot officials to i know bobby he's such a new school guy he's all about uh referees or sorry robots doing uh, the there is going to be an evolution in
1: baseball are you
0: ready for for home plate
1: balls and strikes to I, be a, a robot listen i can we can talk for hours about the changes that are being proposed in baseball some i agree with some i don't and i really think it all starts to be honest with you at the pitcher's mound when the pitcher gets the ball back and walks around the mound four times and he takes at least 30 seconds, if not 40 to a minute to throw a, a pitch. Yep. And you think about how many pitches are thrown throughout the course of a game. Oh, yeah. That's where your time is. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, dude. I mean, that's where
1: your time's invested. Totally. I don't have any problems with the games being played at home plate and with the pitcher. Okay, the, the batter steps out. Now the pitcher's pissed off. Now he's going to step out. Like, they play those games. I get it. That's fine. It's part of the game. But on just on a regular pitch-to-pitch basis, that 30, that 40, that Fifty seconds, Just catch in the ball. Take your five that's seconds and throw the next guy.
0: Yeah, dude, it's it's crazy. I mean, we talked about it in the offseason because obviously both of us are baseball guys, grew up playing it, and we try to figure out how to shorten a game. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. All right. So trying to wrap things up here. A couple of things I want to touch on real quick on the way out.
1: Gronk retired. Prof. Where's he go? WWE.
0: Hell yeah. So did he show
1: he, up? Did he show up at WrestleMania? I didn't get a chance he, to see. Is he going to make a comeback? And when does he make a comeback?
0: I don't know. I think um, for a guy like Gronk in the prime of the Patriots' run, like I know he's trying to hang on. It's just, I mean, dude, he had a great nine-year career, but like, dude, that guy just took a beating. No, like he sure. got, he took a freaking pounding. I mean, where does he? Where
1: does he stand up for you, tight ends all time?
0: He, i mean, from—he's uh, the best I've ever seen. Right uh, to me, he's the best I've ever seen. I don't know if he's the greatest of all time. But he's the best I've ever seen play the position. What do you think?
1: I think I might have to. I I have to look at the numbers, but I honestly think I put Gonzalez slightly ahead of him.
0: Okay, Steve Mack. Okay, thanks, Steve. He was. He real did really game.
1: change the game. I mean, in, yeah, in, in terms of being um, an all-around. It's hard. End.
0: It's hard to disagree with Gonzalez because of his longevity and his reception numbers. Right, and the and the, the just the, the numbers he put together are astonishing. But for me, so like if you were building a team and you got one guy for a year, right? You you take Gronk. Like Gronk was unstoppable. Prime
1: Gronk, you probably do.
0: Yeah, like he was the best of the best.
1: Prime Gronk, I think you do. The longevity, though, from Gonzalez' standpoint, you know, and what he did from uh, a rec- receiving standpoint. I mean, he, he was he's he's up there, man. Yeah, it's
0: it's really close. Bobby, Bobby, Bobby likes Gronk as the goat. So then the other guy that retired. <laughs>
1: Which is funny.
0: And I'm into UFC and I actually wanted to comment on this. Uh, Conor McGregor announced his retirement from from UFC. Um I think it's kind of it's not that he's not serious, but like there's no way he's gonna be retired for good, right? He no. kind of ran into some legal problems and
1: And he's out know. there pushing proper number twelve. Exactly. So you know. Oh, you're yeah.
0: So he's he he's retired. I'm sure he'll come back. One thing that kinda pissed me off about UFC. So ESPN Plus is a thing now, right? Have you are you aware of this ESPN yes, Plus? And I've now it. I've used it. All UFC is on ESPN Plus. So do I have to pay the monthly to stream it or can I just pay for an event?
1: I don't know about the UFC. I just know that they run the prelims now on ESPN. On ESPN, and then but to pay for the events I haven't, on ESPN Listen, Plus. I'm not plugged into the UFC like you man. I'm yeah. really not I just can't get into it. I mean, I think Connor's really uh, who's the up and comer now who's the well, guy that everybody's looking at
0: well dude there's so many great fights like but who's gonna
1: take over for connor you know what well, i mean
0: habib is still
1: the guy right the
0: dude that just but destroyed he, him
1: he is not he does not hold a candle well, to he what he doesn't, Conor have, a, McGregor was he doesn't have the USA. star
0: power he's that's just a fighter
1: that, that's my point right that's i don't know saying.
0: you need a guy who's flamboyant and i mean dude guys like connor just don't come along every day because connor not only does he have the showmanship and the trash talking everything to go with it he also had the hands and a what you need to be a star star in fighting is the hands the knockout power is what i mean by hands because even when you look at boxing we all would agree that floyd money mayweather is one of the best boxers of all time but he's not the best to watch is he mike tyson was the best to watch why because he knocked dudes out because <laughs> he knocked dudes out but
1: mayweather brings something different and it's not from a technical it's aspect. sweet science it's no it's it's not from a technical boxing aspect it's from a Microphone perspective. Yes, it's 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 that's the difference, and that's what I'm talking about. I'm sure. talking about who's going to take over, who's going to take the torch from Connor. But
0: Connor had it all. Absolutely, but Connor had it all. Connor had the knockout power. He had the microphone. He that's had, what I'm saying. There's, I mean, who's going to do that? Do guys like him don't come around all the time? So
1: now with the, you know, I, I kind of, I'm, I don't want to predict this, but I kind of see the UFC heading down. Now that it's going to be more out there, and you're going to be seeing more and more content on ESPN, which to me equals crappier fights. The more content that they have to put on ESPN means the crappier fighters they're gonna have you to find not. to throw that's out there. Interesting
0: theory. And so interesting theory. you're gonna
1: get a lot more crappy content. Okay. You know, just yeah, to fill some airspace. Interesting theory. Whether it's so I really feel like you better find that guy fast, Dana, because somebody needs to take that torch from Connor yeah, you're and Ronda
0: I mean they lost their two best stars between in the last year
1: between Ronda and Connor, right?
0: Although I think Connor will come back
1: eventually. I think he could, but is he going to come back? Prime Connor? Probably not. Yeah. Last thing on retirements before we get out of here. Um, how sick are you of the, the Jersey exchange? Uh, Duane, yeah. Dwayne Wade. Yeah, uh, yeah. How sick are you? I'm, I'm completely I'm, dumb I'm with s- it. I'm t- I'm, I love Dwayne Wade. I love Gabrielle Union. I'm sick of seeing both of them. I know. They're I, everywhere.
0: I know. And Dude, you know what actually makes me even angry about it? It's like everybody on ESPN was talking about, I watched that commercial. And it made me cry. I like, didn't. I didn't watch it. I saw I, the commercial. It's really cool. I'll I watched it. And fucking cry over a TV commercial of a dude getting a bunch of jerseys. Like he gets a multimillionaire I'll and he's cry. retiring. Like uh, it's great. It's great and all, but like I'm
1: not gonna cry about it. I'll probably cry. I love Dirk. I love Dwayne Wade. But I'm just getting sick of it. I'm I am Tired
0: of it. I'm tired of the retirement tours overall, and it, it hurts me to say that because one of the most recent ones, infamous, was you know the love of my life on the basketball court, but. Uh, i'm not gonna down. i'm not gonna you know throw on one the bus here, but i'm just getting tired of the retirement tours like i, I really am I, it's like dude retire we got it you know it's last time you're going to in a city you can exchange jerseys with guys backstage and you don't have to do it on the court i don't know maybe yeah. maybe i'm wrong
1: if it wasn't every day
0: I maybe mean. i'm wrong i don't know i could be wrong about it uh, you know it's it's hard to say but i'm with you I, we're we're standing in agreement that we're both tired of it <laughs> yeah I can't i
1: can't take it that's all we got, folks. Thanks for joining us th- this evening. Thanks for hopping on. Wednesday night. I know it's been a while. I don't I... know how often we're how often we going to do weeknights anymore. <laughs> <laughs> this is a tough one. We appreciate Nikki coming out on a weeknight.
0: We know he's got Mickey at home, or he's got to go pick Nick up. So uh, we appreciate everybody jumping on with us. A couple things I wanted to say real quick. I did try and link in uh, YouTube because I wanted to do a live stream via Facebook and YouTube. One of the big com- complaints that we're getting is uh, a lot of our viewers are not on Facebook, and they want to see us elsewhere. Uh, so I'm working on that. If you can see, hopefully, the stream is in a higher resolution now. It's much clearer than usually when we stream because I hardwired in. So that's better. Uh, I am streaming on Twitch at JRip18, two Ps. Also, check out my buddies, Murph underscore Games, M-U-R-P-H underscore Games, and Score Ninja, S-C-O-R-Ninja.
1: You didn't hit Ross up?
0: Well, everybody knows about the Swing Boss. We got Ross at the Swing Boss.
1: It's come, the swing beat. Come down to the field tomorrow night. Get your hats, all right? We'll both be down there.
0: Whoever needs hats, come down. Watch us play. Have a beer. That's it.
1: For the prof, swags.
0: See you.